welcome back to Deep Thrones, Midweek Mayhem. Midweek Mayhem. This is Season 1, Episode 7, covering the behind-the-scenes of Driftmark. I'm Sims, my partner Sheeny's here. What's up, Sheeny? Hey guys, coming coming to you live again from New Jersey. This is our last... We are so excited. Sunday, we are finally back in studio together. It's been a long uh, two weeks apart. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a home game this weekend, and then... We have a uh, actually really part of the Deep Drums fam. Allison Sheedy is here with us today. What's up, Allison? Ooh, what's going on, guys? Happy to be here. This is she's glad to have you. One of my older sisters. I have I think six or seven of them, and <laughs> she is um, one of them. She's the one closest to me in age. That's so right. this is going to get weird because I've already tripped myself up saying Sheedy, and I I need to say John and Allison now. Yeah. So Allison, um, tell us about your Thrones journey so far. Are you a show watcher, book reader? Where are you at? Uh, well, first of all, I, I will grant you permission, maybe just for tonight, if you want to call me Alicent, just to differentiate oh, nice. between no, me and Jay, do that. that would be perfectly acceptable. So... I, I hate to admit this on the pod of all places, but it took me many years to get into Game of Thrones. Um, okay. I was I was a hater for a while. I know it came out back when I was in college over a decade ago, which feels feels like a long time because it is a long time. Um, and all I knew about it at the time was there were dragons in it. I knew, I knew there was some element of dragon. And I thought that doesn't sound like anything I would be interested in. I was a different person back then, as we all were in college. Uh, different interests, you know. Um, so I just, I didn't even give it the college try for years. It was, I want to say late 17 or early 18, actually, um, when I was staying with Andrew for a weekend and it was Sunday came and I was still at his place and he said, you know. Okay, New first Game off, of let me cut you off. Provide context. Yes. We don't even know who Andrew is. You're introducing characters. <laughs> My fiance, Andrew. <laughs> okay, thank and, you. and this was uh, early on in our relationship. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So he tells me, you know, this the new Game of Thrones episode is airing tonight, kind of, you know, cautiously. Would you be interested in watching it? And I, this was knowing that the the final season was upcoming as well. You know, I think it was announced or it had maybe long been known that the final season was coming up. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try anything once. I'll give it the college try thinking what's the worst that can happen. You know, I, I don't enjoy it. And there's 45 minutes. Um, so we watched it and I just became an instant fan. And it was one of those situations where now I have to binge watch the entire show to catch up with the rest of the world before mm-hmm. this final season and, and you know, the series finale. Uh, so the entire that's exactly what I did. The entire theme of our podcast was that I didn't watch the show and had to catch up. So you don't need to apologize for being I, I, behind <laughs> on it. That was the entire I do thing. Have- I do have a couple of questions, though. So Mm -hmm. timeline, the final season was coming out. Mm -hmm. I believe we started the podcast, what, 2018? April 2018. We had come up with it in, like, January, but we launched it. So that was season seven, right? Well, technically, we released the episode in June, but we recorded the first one in April. Okay. So I'm just trying to get this figured out because it sounds an awful lot, like, to me... Like Allison didn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> I don't think well <laughs> for seven or no for how long? I don't think anyone in my family listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad. I try to get them. Sad. My parents listen to it, 
and my parents, this is a true story. My parents will listen to the podcast in the middle of the kitchen out of an iPad, just like sitting at the table together. And I have to hear myself say these outrageous things like in another room while they're just in there. And I'm just like, stop. Be- oh, it, it definitely gave it some love. I gave it, I wanted you guys to get the listens. Had no idea what was being talked about. That's for sure. But now you're right, a mega so fan. We, yeah, and we, we appreciate the support. So tell us about your thoughts on season one, episode seven, and what, what would you rate? What's it? your rating? Yeah, let's. What is it? I gave so, it a seven point one out of a ten point one. Chris gave it. An I eight. gave it an eight. What did you think of it? Eight. And I, I came in a little higher, not egregiously higher than you two, but I went eight point three. I thought it was and, the best episode of the season. And I did. I, I debated. You know, is that too high? But for me, it was the best episode of this season so far. Um, and you know, it kind of, you, you think, okay, there's still a lot left to go. Like, do I want to benchmark it this high? But for me so far, it's an 8.3. Nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds, I mean, we saw some sources that rated it in the nines as well, you know, so it seems yeah. like it was a hit across the board. Book readers. I, I knew some book readers that were pissed that Lenore was alive. <laughs> I thought it was like, yeah. be fine with Lenore. So in the books, Lenore is like dead. Like he's, he's a dead okay. boy. But I was like, just be fine with it. It's cool. You know, if, if Rhaenyra did that, then it would be so, like, her and Alice would both would be so evil early that it would be so tough to be into it. But oh, we yeah. have some segment, well, segments or some topics that we're going to touch. Chris, you ready to rock on these? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. First of all, there was an interview with Ryan Condal, who, of course, is the executive producer, showrunner, writer, the guy who pitched the show to HBO. Um and uh, he, he leaves House of the Dragon open past the Dance of Dragons. He said it's called House of the Dragon, not the Dance of Dragons, insinuating that we could get a look at Aegon the Conqueror series sometime or a Mad King's you know, miniseries sometime. Chris, what would you think of that? I mean, I, I, love, I love all that. And I don't know, you know, obviously in show business, you can leave things open-ended because you don't want to kind of pigeonhole yourself right so maybe it's just uh you know uh, it's kind of wishful thinking but i love a that it can go past the dance of dragons b mm-hmm. that it could go before like you said we could see the conquest all under their kind of house of the dragon brand i do think you know there's going to be money made there's money to be made if you make those different series so i mean i, I think the sky's the limit as long as as long as they don't fuck this up like david yeah. dan, dan did um, but I, I, I do kind of want to open this up to the floor. I had a question. What would your, if you had to pick a, uh, I guess a story from the Targaryen timeline, would, what would you want it to be to see on screen? I'm an Aegon the Conqueror stan. I would love to see Aegon the Conqueror do his thing. And honestly, I think a Robert Rebellion miniseries would be fun. Alice well, I said one. I said one. You're just ripping I think it'd be multiple. really cool if they talked about Magor the Cruel as well. <laughs> uh, the Mad King's <laughs> uncle. All right, all right. Alice and right. the uh, would it be a cop out to say I want to see all of it? Um, no. I think this show has knocked it out of the park since episode one. And they yeah. got immediately re-upped, right, for their second season after episode one. And frankly, mm-hmm. since I've been watching, that's all I've been wondering. Are we going to see what happens even before this? How far after this and before Game of Thrones will we see? And I, I kind of just want to see it all. I think there's a long and rich history there to work with. So why not? Yeah. I hope we get to see it all. No, I agree. And again, HBO's already said they want to do that. It's just a matter of the shows being successful enough to justify it. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know... It's like Chris said, as long as they're making money, that's all that matters. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's in this Rise of the Dragon book. Yeah. Because 
a million dollars says that that's what's going to be the next. If House of the Dragon brand does cover something else years from now, it's probably going to be whatever's in the main chapters within that book. I agree. I agree. And we need to talk about something. First off, this is pissing me off because I'm Team Greens till I die. They cut Daron the Daring from the show. Daron, who is, of course, Aegon and Aemon's younger brother, is just not in the show. He's not going to be. He's, he's not born yet. Uh, is, it, nerfing... is, it, is it like, is that confirmed for sure? I'm still trying to hold on to some There's no. He maybe might. he comes up in season two, but he's not been talked about at all. Or ca- There's that's no so, casting. That's so before. lame. Did you have anything else to add there? I'm just going to say, I don't. I wasn't a huge book reader, so I don't know much about him. But the things I do know about him, he's a crucial part of the Greens team toward the end of it, especially. He becomes, mm-hmm. you know, like the other two, a dragon rider and stuff. And it's like, well then maybe it was they viewed it just too much, another character that they had to age up. But I don't know. What's, don't know. what's one more? What's, I agree with aging you. Aging with the rest of the kids. I agree with I, you. I think this, if this is true, because it's not confirmed yet, it does certainly seem like it because with the timeline, he would have been born already. However, uh, just wishful thinking, I'm holding on to, to some hope. But it would be a major miss by the show if they didn't add him because he is he's like the innocent like the truly innocent on the green side i guess him and helena helena's both, right? playing that way now and, but right. to me it's like if you're gonna cut like why cut him he actually like does shit if you're gonna cut kids rick on you start at well, rick yeah, stark yeah, in game I mean, of thrones like, get his ass out of there so he actually like he comes the only thing he does is defend his family and like that's that's honorable on the green side he de- like people loved him you know, the only reason that I could see them cutting him is because they want to really vilify the the green side. They're doing that. Allison, do you what team are you at this at this very moment? Team Greens or Team Blacks? Where do you stand? Team Blacks all the all the Hell way. Yeah. Hell all yeah. the way. <laughs> all day, every You're morning. mid. Well, You're mid. That's based. <laughs> no cap for real for real. That's uncool. All right. Let me tell you why I'm Team Greens and why they're being vilified. One they're doing the classic Hollywood thing. You need a bad guy, so they're making the greens look super, super evil. But hey, did you see Olivia Cook's photo shoot, Chris, that she did for Rihanna, nonetheless? That's what I'm talking about. Team Greens all the way. Now, granted, that's an actress, and she's not the character. It's not like it's Allison Hightower posing, but still. I mean, I I, I thought that you were gonna like start making some valid points when you got on the green rant, but then what's more valid? Just... What's more valid than a classic awuga? Oh, woo, God, my eyes and like <laughs> that, that yeah. shoe was nice. Yeah, that yeah. shoe was nice. Yeah. I, I mean, listen. It, earlier in the season, I was a kind of an Allison apologist per se. Um, it, it's really starting to turn her into this evil character, even more so than earlier on. Because the book, there, yeah. I, I just, I, I would hate to see, and I don't think, I don't know. I, I see Condal as like a student of the game, so I'm hoping he doesn't let this happen. But I would hate to see it turn into a Star Wars light side versus dark side sort of deal. Yeah. You know, it, the, the whole point, the whole reason I love George's work is because we've talked about it before. These great characters, there's no like, it's not black and white. There's no light side, dark side. And that's when like Game of Thrones started getting lame. When it was like Jon Snow versus the Night King. and Versus Ramsay. You know, versus Cersei. Yeah. Versus Danny, you know, And they all have to be ultimate evil, you know. There's got to be some ambiguity to keep us interested, and otherwise it just turns into another ABC drama or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 100% agree. And can I just say that the mere fact that Laris is a green turns me off to them from the get-go? Whoa, why? 
I think that's fair. What? Are we watching the same okay. show? So as we're watching that episode and Laris is just really laying it on extra thick to Allison, like I'm in your corner. I just I feel like he embodies the little devil on all of our left shoulder where he just starts whispering shit in our ear just to make us angry. He's a mean girl. He's like a mean girl. Um, I love that. He's really he's really slippery. So I, I can't be on his side no matter what. I feel like the slippery, the better. I love slippery slippery boys just like Laris and I feel like I roll with a guy like Laris all day long just because of his hashtag energy <laughs> the hashtag vibes he's giving the slipperier the better you're gonna do it first folks yeah um Chris what who, so who has sea smoke now now that Lanor's dead do we know is sea smoke vibing what's up with sea smoke where's he at dude I, I think I think he's just kind of I mean he doesn't hang out in the dragon pit I'm, I'm shocked we didn't see him on drift mark or high tide jump next episode that was also a thing that i kind of had beef with in the behind the scenes the house that the dragon built they kept calling the set high tide but then the episode's named driftmark and i could have sworn that they referenced driftmark in the in the episode they did yeah he said you'll inherit driftmark to luceris corliss did yeah so interesting (laughs) sides that was a side uh no but yeah sea smoke is hanging out i think um you know Maybe he's not bonded that well in Lainor that he wouldn't know that he like died or not been brought up or anything. He fought um, in a war with Lainor though, and like, yeah. and there's going to be a time jump. So if next episode they're like, oh, and by the way, I bet it will be Bela or one of the other girls driving seeds, riding sea smoke, right? No. Okay then. Uh, next section, <laughs> Chris. Maybe he's grieving. I don't. I don't know if dragons go through a grieving period well, when they lose a rider. But remember Daenerys and, and Drogon. Yeah, when Drogon like picked boy. her up and took off, we're like, what the fuck's he doing? With this? Where's he going? Um, yeah. Chris, the first episode seven was actually the first episode that they shot for the for the series. Yeah, um, I found this interesting because you have like all these acting changes and stuff, and for us, we've we've gone through characters that we love, or I guess actors that we love, and seen them go away. But the showrunners kind of explain this episode seven as being something that sets the tone for the rest of the season and for the rest of the filming. So that's, that's they done wanted to start out, Yeah. So they said they wanted to start out with with something where all the actors, all the like big names were on the same set, all interacting with each other and got used to kind of the tension mm. that was happening on set, but also um, had some action like the, the confrontation we saw with the kids and yeah um you know stuff like that so i thought it was interesting yeah that's and that's common and the dark knight the filming for that the the interrogation scene between batman and joker was the first thing they filmed because they wanted to sort of get them in the same room together and be like all right this really? is literally the catalyst for the movie yeah that was the first scene shot and it was specifically done to just it's common to they usually want to have a tone setter first and then the rest is filmed just based on convenience usually. Like, all right, this scene, we're all filming here, so we're going to get everybody, you know. But not only that, but That's the cool. scene was also filmed on St. Michael's Mount, which is a tidal island in England. Yeah, it, it had to be extremely difficult. They, they said that this um, scene, or I guess this episode, took weeks to film. So this, this island, if you look at pictures, I'm sure it's like a common photo that you'll see if you like are scrolling Instagram and like it's like a... Uh, you know, scenic account or whatever. They show this place all the time. You follow but a lot of scenic accounts, Chris? I do, actually. I, I really, I really. I mostly follow the big accounts. booty hoes on it. So, from day to day, even like from hour to hour within the day, you can have the tide recede, you know, 20, 30 feet. So, it's very difficult for them to kind of plan out where to set up the cameras, where to, where to put the set. 
but it was helpful because they used a lot of the the stuff that was built there back in you know 1100 or 1200 um to kind of just make the set come to life so wow it, it was interesting they, they can explain it a lot better than i can um but it, i thought it was very interesting that the scene was really i mean it, it sounded like the place itself was high tide I think that's important. Allison, do you have anything to add about just sort of the scenery in general? Did you have issues with the darkness at the beginning of the episode? Well, a little bit back to about this episode being shot first. Um, that was kind of amazing to me because I didn't know that until, Chris, you shared that with me. But the amount of tension and emotion that came through this episode, you would think it was shot chronologically. So that that kind of blew my mind. True. But I think that's really a testament to all the actors on the show, you know, that it took a decade to build up to this point. And they had all that sorrow, all that anger and hostility, all of that abandonment. And they were able to convince us that, you know, it was shot in order. So um, mm -hmm. that just kind of, I, I had to say that really surprised me. Um, now, in terms of the scenery, I, I would agree. I, I heard you all talking about that earlier this week, about kind of the, the dimness of it and how it was reminiscent of the end of, of Game of Thrones. And, um, you know, I, I thought it added to the somberness and the and the sorrow of the scene and I kind of liked it. It was, it was very dark and felt very natural. And then I wondered if it was an intentional, you know, kind of kind of move on on behalf of all of the dragon in that scene. <laughs> if they could like dim things down to cover up any imperfections. But that just kinda occurred to me after the fact. I don't know if that's the case. Mm, but I thought maybe dressing. that would kinda I wouldn't deny help it. make it look a little bit more real and kinda obfuscate some I, things I wouldn't, a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't deny that because mm -hmm. most of the mm -hmm. reason why the, the long night episode was so dark was because the CGI for the walkers was shit and they didn't choreograph anything. If you mm -hmm. watch the long night, like behind the scenes, it, there's Jamie, Podrick, and Brand literally just swinging and like guys falling. They didn't choreograph shit, so they had to make it dark to hide any imperfections. But I felt overall the aim and dragon riding scene was awesome. Uh, and I do yeah. think that, you know, they're trying to also vilify the greens with some dimness, it seems like. And it's like, okay, we get it. You want them to be the bad guy. You're forcing it down everybody's throats. But the intelligent man sees past it. And <laughs> for the record, um, I would be Laris if I had a club foot, by the way. I would be talking to Allison like, you know, I did you a favor. For, for the record, I, I am team Blacks, but I, I want it to be kind of equal right. on the yeah. morality line. It's, Otherwise, it, yeah. I lose interest. There's a scene that me and Chris, of course, know from the books coming up that if they nerf it somehow, I swear to God, we're going to have I'm suing. major beef. <laughs> I'm suing HBO if they nerf it. And you sh and you and I can sue if I and I will if I want. Um, Chris, the actor who plays Vayman practiced Valerian lines for three months. Yeah, it's insane. Tough. That's so tough this, so for that guy, monologue. This guy has the you know it, it was the eulogy or you know the the dying remarks I guess. The dying and, remarks. Uh, you were right. It, it's called remarks. a eulogy. <laughs> no dying remarks, and um, it was all in Valerian. So he he spent three months practicing those lines. And that's like not even on set. Like he's just going through. They have a Valerian translator on set, so he's he's having one on ones with him. It, it, it was intense. I, I mean, listen, I'm a massive Game of Thrones fan. Obviously, I have a podcast about it, but I'm not going to put in the effort to learn Valerian. Yeah, you can. It's on Duolingo if you wanted to. Yeah, Elson, you really? speak Valerian a little bit, don't you? Just a, just a smidge. Um, it's. It's not just the language, it's that dialect to me. It's very specific, and I'm so impressed with all the actors 
yeah. for pulling it off, especially the younger ones, because they really nail it. And I have tried, believe me, and it's not easy. Like I sound like a girl from the south side of Chicago. I'm like, Dracarys. Yeah. And they're just like, Dracarys. Yeah. And it sounds so epic and so yeah. cool. And it just, an I, I wish. It's an interesting <laughs> made up. It's an interesting made up language. It sounds like if you put like mm -hmm. German in a blender uh, a little bit. Um, and it's, Chris, they, they actually drop the, the sarcophagus in the water each take. It's so, wild. So, they, yeah, they just... They like, really go all they, out. You don't need to do that in filmmaking at all. I mean, it's... they Like, the actors this time, I was kind of speculating with the volume set that it would make it easier to act, and it turned out that I was... That was a wrong... That was an incorrect speculation. But on this set, they actually said that it was incredibly easy to become immersed in that world because St. Michael's Island looked like a place called High Tide, right? Even if it was supposed to be Driftmark, the tidal island factor made it very believable for them. And then on top of that, you have the props just like actually going into the water over and over again every time you're you're getting into your, your acting mode, right? I don't know. Do you guys call that like beast mode or something? You acted. Uh, you know, it's I don't really call it beast mode. I think you just call it getting into character. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not yeah, Chris, you put a football spin on everything. <laughs> listen, listen. We got We just got to get to the touchdown. We'll yeah. get to the end zone. We're get good. to the end zone. Boom. You hit your lines. You get in the end zone. Boom. <laughs> we're hitting lines now? Just, just John Madden literally being like, all right, look at right here. Boom. You got to deliver an emotionally intense scene right here over the A-gap. You're going to line up under center, and you're going to boom. You're going to want to blitz the camera. Uh, Allison, um, do you have anything to add to that, the sarcophagus? Well, that, that's pretty epic. As I'm watching them gear up to send poor Lena to sea, I'm like, they're not going to drop her from that great distance, are they? I thought they might give her more of like a stark send-off, you know, where they kindly drift her kindly drift her out to sea and, and you know, make it all kind of sweet and gentle. Um, and that thing looked oh, heavy, yeah. so I, I assume yeah. they threw her ashes in there with some stones or something. But I, I gotta say, big... it was kind of eerie. Yeah, the way it fell to the sea floor, and you could just see—I think you could see other like sarcophaguses, sarcophagi yeah. Sarcophag of the other Valerians. Sarcophagi, yeah. Very, I will say, cool. I will say it's sort of ironic that she died by fire and ended up in water. She probably could have used the water a little sooner, you know. Uh, exactly. to, prevent, to, prevent, to prevent that. Absolutely. Chris is just shaking his head. Now nah, he loves it. He secretly <laughs> loves it. Um, so they built a new a new motion-based set, which they never used before for this dragon scene, which was awesome. Yeah, so this is this is kind of going in, into what we said about Eamon and Vagar having the best dragon riding sequence. It was amazing. They, they built an entire new motion base specifically for Vagar. And to get all the angles, like what we saw of him hanging off the dragon and, and hanging on to the kind of hardest, he, he actually did that stunt on That's set, awesome. which is which is absurd. I mean, the kid's like, I, I think he's got to be like twelve, yeah. maybe. Um, so I mean, it, it, it was really cool, and he kind of embraced it. If you do get a chance to check out this episode of the house that the dragons built, um, kind of DM uh, DM us and send yeah. us um, your thoughts. But I, I thought that. That, that actor, his name's Leo, and I'm forgetting his last name. But I think he's got a bright future. I think Di we'll see him in some yeah. some other stuff. It was Leo DiCaprio, and he did he did a great <laughs> job. 
<laughs> and I, I agree with you. Someone, we, a lot of people were talking about that kid, and they said his dead eye sort of face the entire time was so consistent and so well done. I think of all the young actors, well, Millie Alcock and Emily Carey were sort of right. we were with them so long, we're in a league of their own. They're also a little older. I think. But there's like 20. The, yeah, yeah, him and the other kids are much younger. He, he killed it. I mean, you know. And he had the dead eye stare, and he kind of looked like Chloe Svegny, which I thought was interesting. She's an actress, and he looked kind of just like her. I saw a tweet about it, and I can't unsee it. Um, um, oh, oh, Leo, Leo Ashton. Yeah, you have it in the notes that his name is Leo Ashton, and we both are like, uh, Leo Ashton Kutcher. Allison, do you have anything to add about Lil' Eamon? Two eyes? Uh, bravo to Leo Ashton, because that scene gave me some serious anxiety to watch. Um, it was so well done, it made my heart race. We, we just yeah. went to Six Flags like a week or so ago, and that's Comparable. exactly how I felt on like the Raging Bull. Yeah. <laughs> you like, Did you um, buy the fast passes? It well, felt realistic to me. He's this tiny kid about to mountain ride the largest dragon there is. It's not going to be smooth sailing. Yeah, so. but did you hear the question? <laughs> what was the question? He said, did you buy the fast passes at Six Flags? Oh, did I? <laughs> Um, well, it was the CFD day, so we, we oh, yeah, didn't have like any lines. Our brother-in-law's in the Chicago Fire Department, so we basically... No, sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear that over my, my loud talking. Your incoherent <laughs> rambling? My um, incoherent well, this rambling. Well, this is the irony, I think. If you are a Team Blacks and you had anxiety watching Eamon ride that dragon, you're going to wish mm-hmm. he fell off it. Because... I thought he was going to fall. I thought we were going to be dracarasing little Eamon the next day after pulling his body out of the water. I thought he was going to fall for a second. No, 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 no. He's about to whoop ass and take names. Um, and, and we're all better off for it. Uh, so Chris, it says it was, it was difficult getting kids to put together a fight sequence and it, you confirmed that Luke was the one that caught him, which is the same in Fire and Blood. Yeah. Um, it it was cool. I think this is one of those where it's like, it's going to be difficult for me to kind of bring the full, the full impression that I got from watching the house that the dragon was built. But these, these are children and you're trying to basically choreograph uh, I mean, how long was that sequence? Like two and a half minutes, three minutes, yeah. maybe more, right? So you have lines, you have lines in there, very important lines from like major characters in the story, and then you have all this stuff. Kids are bleeding, like so. They they talked about just detail about how long it took. It's about you know it, these kids actually, like we talked about a second ago, they they act o- above their age. The guy who plays Luke is also named Leo, but that kid's like eight years old, and he sounds like he's like sounds like he could be running for parliament like tomorrow. Yeah. So these guys, like, it's it's incredible the cast that they put together. They, they might uh, need him because they all seem imp- to kind of come together and, and yeah, yeah the, maybe. the pound is in shambles. But uh, yeah, I was I was very impressed. Yeah, no, I it's, I can understand it being difficult a little bit to get the kids to do the fight sequence, but also it's like, come on, man, Dance Moms, remember that show? They were getting like kids that were like six years old doing all these these choreographed dances get fight moms in there and uh yeah i hope they make it i would love to see that show uh elson what did you think of that the the fight scene between the kids pretty intense huh it was a it was a rough scene to watch you've got aemon punching girls and getting ready to bash chase and luke with a stone um like this kid has really gone off the rails he got you know that taste of dragon power i was audibly reacting to that scene i'm gonna cut you off they attacked him first Oh, go ahead. I did. 
the, verbally. The, the little, no, no, no. One of those little guys ran at him. First. Little, little, that's true. He said they get a pig. Would he be took fitted. it a little too far, though, from my perspective. I agree. He lost I an agree. eye. He took it way too far. He just took it too far, and frankly, I was cheering when Luke cut that bitch because he he was just asking for it. What? Okay, well, I don't know that I support. Wow. Wow. I don't know. That kid was being a little out. shit. I don't know. I feel like he was attacked first. He defended himself. And he was all, all he said was truth. He's like, if, if you wanted to claim Vagar, then you should have claimed her. But you didn't. I did. Like, that's the dragon riding. It's always been the dragon riding game. And he gets attacked for it by the, one of those little bastards. <laughs> one of those little strong bastards. Oh, wow. All and right. It, all right. That's treason. Yes, exactly. Is it, Chris? Is I got it? thoughts. I got thoughts on that treason. It's an open, at this point, it's not treason. It's, it's, open knowledge all right it's disrespect actually could i take a quick moment to have a yes queen moment i know you you do that go ahead Let's do yeah. it. Let's earlier do it. in the week but i actually have one that i feel very strongly about this week that's related um it's actually a yes king moment there's a scene when viserys is he's saying something to the effect of it you know it's not verbatim but anyone who questions the parentage of rhaenyra's children you know will have their tongue cut out and he's making direct eye contact with Allison. Like, that means you, bitch. Yeah. And I'm like... He can't see, you know, though. He, he doesn't know what he's looking at. He, he doesn't know. <laughs> he, he's protecting his daughter. He loves his daughter. And he's like, I don't care who you are. You know, I don't care that you're the queen or my wife. <laughs> you will not besmirch her name. So yeah. that's my yes, king. But follow-up question. Is Allison wrong? No, you know, she's... Here's the thing about Allison and the rest of the Greens, which is kind of to, to the point of what Chris was saying earlier. They just embody wrong and right. And they, they think they know what's wrong. They think they know what's right. And it's all black and white to them. But, you know, at what cost? You know, they're, they're not look at what Allison was about to do to a child. That doesn't make her a good person. You know, maybe uh Rhaenyra has a few illegitimate children with a man she she don't even get me, don't even get me started about the eye Gandhi himself said an eye for an eye makes the whole world pretty equal you know what I just look at the team blacks and I think like those are people who have heart and and go with their heart there, there was a scene where Lenoir said something like I I hate I hate the way that I am or I hate that God made me this way something that I actually choked back tears listening to so okay but you do understand that Damon <laughs> is Team Blacks and are you saying him killing his first wife was him going no, with his heart no I think he's <laughs> I, I'm not actually much of a Damon fan I think he'd be fun to like party with but I don't think he's the, he's the best guy yeah Laris would be fun to party with. <laughs> Chris. Sorry, respectfully. <laughs> you, he'd, you'd get a drink with him and he'd be like, by the he'd way. He'd have a Cosmo yeah. and be like, someone called you a fat bitch earlier. I'm not going to say who, but someone. Yeah, but I shit in their, I shit their, their shoes. Yeah. Um, I will add while we're while we're repping here on Greens and Blacks, Kristen Cole, like, first mm. of all, I, I was kind of like. I can't defend he got, him. He, he got Weinstein, but at this point, it's been so long since the Weinsteining happened. And he also, like, he's freaking out about the bastards, those being the strong boys. But those easily could have been his kids, like, if he he had his way, right? Yeah. I can't defend Kristen Cole, especially because, like, he doesn't acknowledge the fact that Rhaenyra gave him his whole life. She hired him as a Kingsguard. She made him. You know, uh, well, then again, that goes along with the Weinstein, I guess, Chris, what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) So Rhaenyra and Damon had a traditional Valerian wedding. We disagree about when it happened, but it was a cool scene. 
uh, and Rhaenyra, as Viserys said, finally gets to marry someone that she chose. Yeah, it's it's significant for Rhaenyra in the sense that she's always been strong-willed, but in in one area she's been having to kind of live up to everyone else's expectation, and that's been that's been her own marriage, that's been her own sex life, right? So we saw her kind of take it into her own hands with Kristen Cole, and that ended up not working out <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so much so that he got, that she got forced into marrying Raynor, which they were, they were friends. I think I would she say loved that Lainor. they were friends. She, right? I think they yeah. loved each other in a very yeah. different kind of way, but it was love for sure. Not in a yeah. physical, like we are great husband and wife way, but in like a, you're a genuinely good person and I'm glad I've gotten to be with you if I had to be with someone. Absolutely. So that ended up not being necessarily as tragic because of what we see, what we saw on screen. The fire and blood version was very tragic. And then now she has a choice and she dives into it with Damon. I don't know how I, you know, I don't know how I feel about, again, I think the whole incest thing is one part of it, but also you're, you're doing it in a very toxic way, like right after both both spouses pass. And both spouses who were brother and sister and Corliss right. and Rainey's have to be like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. But they're yeah, team yeah, blacks exactly. anyway, so I guess who cares, right? They, they ride and die with their with their grandkids that aren't even their grandkids. It's so weird. Well, no, 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 well, Damon's kids. Damon's Bale kids. Bale and Raina are. Yeah, yeah, so they got that. Allison, you got anything you want to add to that? I, I would agree that Lenor and Rhaenyra loved each other. I mean, they're cousins, right? You know, they, they grew up together. They they have a love for each other. They tried to perform their duties, which, by the way, is my new euphemism for making whoopee. Performing the old <laughs> duties, as it were. Um, now, Rhaenyra and Damon, incest aside, I thought one of the more beautiful moments on the show so far, my opinion. Uh, it's a marriage of their choosing. Despite the circumstance, they do have this bond that, frankly, lends itself to marriage. You know, they, they have each other's backs to, to some extent. I think Damon was cast aside by his brother, had no desire to come back. Rhaenyra felt abandoned by him time and again, but he was the only real person that seemed to get her and that she seemed to really get. So now I think in a weird way, the stars have kind of aligned where Viserys and his ill health is is kind of begging him to come back to the family. His niece is asking for his hand in marriage. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes because I, I suspect it's going to be a very explosive duo now that they can openly be together. Yeah, because they both, because his wife died and she faked her husband's death. That's real neat. Too soon. Too soon. Again, not, you know, Damon's a little, he, he's not a great guy. And I'm, I'm happy with the way things ended with Lenor. Um, I, I don't read the books. Admittedly, I'm probably the least educated person on the, on the pod. But uh, that was making me nervous for a second, thinking they were going to do away with him. I do have a fair amount of caution here, because from what I saw in the episode, Damon, there's nothing to indicate that Damon was in love with Rhaenyra. Last we know, he they, they had their night out on the town in King's Landing, and he kind of grimaced at finishing the job there, right? And now, all of a sudden, his backup plan, who was Lena, has passed away. So now, who, who's the backup? Who's the next up off the bench? I think... And I, let's I, be honest, like, it, it gives him an opportunity to be the king consort. Right? I'm going to humbly disagree with you there. I think Rhaenyra was his number one because he says to Viserys, marry her to me. Marry her to me. 
he wanted Viserys to marry her to, hit her to him when he's passed down on the floor there, and he goes, you have a wife. And he's like, Aegon the Conqueror had multiple wives, and he pulls the blade on Viserys, and he's like, you are no conqueror. You, you're, you know. And I think, I think Rhaenyra was his number one, but I think he figured Viserys would never allow it, so he's like, fuck, whatever. And now, conveniently, but both spouses are dead. But if he was in dead. love with her, then why didn't he have sex with her in, the, in that Her form. I think part of it, I still, I still think it was a Viserys thing, but... Maybe I'm wrong. I think deep down he he has some loyalty loyalty to his family where maybe he thought, okay, this is wrong, and that's why he couldn't he couldn't go on with it. I I think he does love her. I don't get why it's such a scandal because from what I understand, this was fairly commonplace for these people. So yeah, well, what I mean, Helena and they got a betrayal brother and sister. Yeah, that's true. Brother and that's sister. true. And like uh, the whole, I mean. Everyone's mourning Queen Elizabeth's death, but her great-grandpa was probably banging his great-sister or whatever. You know, that's sort of how they all did it in royal families. All right, so... And I, I will also say that I'm not... What I am what I just riffed on was not based on any knowledge that I have about, um, you know, what's going to happen. That's just that's just purely based off of what we've seen in the, that's, in the show so And I think far. it's fair, because what they've provided us is sort of Damon kind of just left and was fine with it, and then out of nowhere, he's like, alright, let's get married, you're right. It is sort of very impulsive and sort of like, why though? What do you? And it, maybe it is, he just wants the power. Allison, before we get into the final segment, do you have any questions? If not, that's fine. We'll just dive into the final segment. No questions. Good. Alright, cool. That's how we like it. Because <laughs> all we'll ever do is answer them correctly or edit in the right answers and make it seamless. You'll never know the difference. <laughs> Um, so, Chris, why don't you set up the final segment on this one? Because you came up. Yeah, with so, so this one's going to be pretty interesting. I want us to, I want I want everyone to just kind of step into this Westeros world. And instead of the Targaryens, we have House Sheedy ruling the land. You're damn right we and, do. And it's a time of peace and prosperity. Mm-mm. The coffers are full. Everyone's having a freaking blast, right? And Lord Lord sudden, John and his boy Laris are at the club in Flea Bottom. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, John Senior decides to name his heir Allison of House Sheedy. And now his son, his trueborn son, John Sheedy, is yeah. feeling spurred by all the laws of God and men. He should, gods and men, I guess, he should have the uh, right to House Sheedy and all its land. Agreed. So I want so, you two to pitch your claim to the throne. All right. I want to set John the scene of here. Sheedy, Allison of Sheedy. As Chris said, we're going to be in the Westeros world. So everyone be cool. Secondly, um, yeah, we're doing the whole Allison in this case is a lot like Rhaenyra. I'm a lot like Aegon, right? I mean, that's sort of the same exact. I mean, I don't masturbate out windows. That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> but Rhaenyra. Are you sure? We know Aegon, I, I am sure. Um, <laughs> I can't I can't swear to what, what I do when I'm drunk. But again, so this is sort of a similar setup. So we figured this would be the perfect thing. Um, and I want to point out something before we get started, Chris. You said John Senior, correct? Okay, it's weird yeah. just because my because I'm technically John Jude. It's weird that you said that. It's sort of like almost as if he named me already. But Allison, go ahead. Um, you start about who should inherit the titles, even though again, as Chris said, John Senior, John Junior. It's sort of weird. Uh, Allison, go right ahead. <laughs> Well, look, I know I'm a woman. You go first because, and then I will respond with my notes. I wrote a lot, so go ahead. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, now you're making me nervous. You don't need to be. I know I'm a woman, and I know that's strike one, but I have proven leadership skills. I have great organization and strategic thinking and attention to detail. I would rule firm but fair, 
and I would not be swayed by all the slippery boys lurking around. Like your boyfriend, Laris, who you seem (laughs) so enthralled with, which I I think you you can't let little worms be slipping into your ears if you're going to be in a position of power. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely, I, don't, I have the, definitely don't want worms slipping into my ear. You're right about that. Or at all, because that's disgusting. Yeah. I have the Valerian and Targaryen hair as well, which frankly speaks for itself. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so is it my turn? Can Good I go? Point. Okay, Good I have point. a couple quick rebuttals. <laughs> One, when it comes to leadership, I was a, I was a captain of a boat. All right? I w- I'm a born leader. All right? Look at Chris. He's been following me around for years. <laughs> Allison, Allison, all right, and I appreciate that, and I feel bad that you went with your credentials because I really just tear down your character for most of this. Uh, Okay, so of the four children of House Sheedy, I technically am the only son, which of course now does not matter at all. I never would claim it does, nor should it, but in this world it did matter. I am the only male heir to uh, you know the titles and lands. I am the youngest, meaning that when mom and dad had me, they were like, all right, perfect. Let's stop. We got him. This little angel is is perfection. Um, Also, nothing personal, but mom and dad are on record as saying this. Only one of us was not planned, and that was you. You were were a bit of a surprise. So it's like they they wanted to have me. (laughs) Shots fired. Um, also, wow. also, this is worth noting. You mentioned your Targaryen hair. The entire Sheedy family has brown eyes and dark brown hair, except you, who is blue of eye and, and blonde of hair. So we have sort of a Harwin Strong situation where we don't know who your dad is. It You're might not questioning be, my parentage. I, I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Me and Laris talked about this, and Laris was like, "Isn't it weird that her hair is blonde?" And I was like, "You know what, Laris? You're right." And um. Um, so also, and this is just a logistics thing. Me and dad have the exact same name. So paperwork wise, it would be a breeze. You just like John Shady, John Shady, John Shady. You know, that's just easy convenience. And he's senior. I'm junior. He, they chose me. They did it. I didn't do this. They did it. Um, also, this is important. We talked about it at the top. You're engaged to be married, right? So that means, let's that's say correct. hypothetically, you have children. Would they take your husband's last name and then the Shady lands and titles end? I can't have that. Oh, I would never important. allow it. Um, so I would never allow. I would never allow. Laris already has some, we already have some systems in place. Um, and and finally, and this is probably most important, when we were kids and we would play Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, paint game, I would always win, and I think that that speaks volumes. First of all, it was graffiti, not paint. Who's your dad? <laughs> History remembers names, not blood. Don't question my parents. Oh, wow. response. Fair response. Wow. Well, it's Valerian there. Yeah. Okay, well, um, you know, as the mediator here, Lord Mems of House Sims. <laughs> <laughs> Lord <laughs> Mims of House Sims. So that is Lord Mims Sims. I love that. Name. Exactly. I'm, you know, this is, this is a tough fight here, but I honestly, I gotta, I just gotta go with the comedic value here and take John Cheney's side. <laughs> Ellison, <laughs> it's nothing no, personal, no, but we own a business. We own a business together, so that it's was hilarious. Yeah, you actually made a lot of really great points that I was not expecting. I thought you were just going to hit me with the low blows, but it was all yeah, honest, 
<laughs> I did text Allison. I'm not gonna lie. I texted Allison before this. I didn't give her specifics, but I was like, just an FYI, I'm about to go hard in the paint. Uh, and the game was called graffiti, but I used to beat her ass at it, and I think that it's important you to remember. Can't play me now. I'm Tony Hawk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Square yeah. up then. Um, Square up. But I appreciate that. Chris. I appreciate that. Um, Make me go crazy on your ass what you like should have said and what i thought you were going to was that i'm not even in a relationship right now so technically there's no proof that i will further the line oh that's true i i thought that's that true. might help me to to know i was betrothed but you kind of hit on the point that then i yeah do i take corliss the, the and Rainey's name and yeah. then you know yeah do you have any what are, what, are you gonna take his name <laughs> probably we can probably take this offline it's fine we don't have to announce it on the pod <laughs> you know the hyphenated but, um, situation what are you doing uh chris what were you saying yeah no i was just gonna say allison it's been a pleasure having you on and honestly i i could just like sit here and listen to you two get after each other uh, <laughs> allison, so. you can keep going you were a great guest thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it thank you guys for having it was an absolute honor and pleasure to be on midweek mayhem of deep thrones honestly you guys are great love listening to you can't wait for what's left Thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, thanks for your support. Uh, we, we're gearing up. I mean, this is going to be full throttle in episode eight. It's, it's got to be. Um, I, I think the next two episodes, put it on the record, they're going to be the best episodes of all time. The best episodes. The best episodes ever. <laughs> best episode of all time. Hit them with the likes and subscribe, buddy, because I took it last time. It's yours. You did. Well, I thought you were going to take it again. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, um, and also leave comments. Let's 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 hear you guys' thoughts because we're, yes. we're we're approaching the end of the season, and then we're gonna you know we'll have a couple off season episodes, but we'll have a dark time in you guys' lives, and you guys will have a dark time as well. It's not just us. Yeah, but we'll have it for a few months. So let's interact while we still got it. While I love we still that. got fresh content. Me and Chris will be keeping the social media going during the dark time, including the TikTok. We'll be doing like voice talking, which is what TikTok is like actual videos. Chris will be walking backwards. It'll be great. Um, and to the real Allison Hightower, hit me up. Uh, let's further the line, Al Sheedy.